Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for season five of the Dream On podcast. I am so excited to be here today for another episode with Team USA teammate of mine, a former Tar Heel and current professional lacrosse player, and someone who has set off on a career to coaching and introducing lacrosse around the globe. Thank you as always for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar that I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and are constructed into the Stream On podcast that you have found here. I hope you are gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people I have met throughout my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. If you're loving our episodes so far, show us some love in the reviews and rate us five stars. And be sure to S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E. It would mean the world to us. All right, we've got another special guest this week, and I am so pumped to get right into it. Ali Mastriani is one of lacrosse's fastest, competitive, and most dynamic players. She played on the 2022 World Championship gold medal winning Team USA team as my teammate, and I've been lucky enough to play with her for the last few years in Athletes Unlimited Pro Lacrosse and in training. Ali is one of the most down-to-earth people you can meet, and she showcases that energy here in this episode. We talk through her time at North Carolina, winning national championships, and going through difficult injuries. We chat about playing with the kids in her neighborhood and how that helped her develop a special bond to lacrosse, as well as a passion for all sports and competitions. We dove into what makes up the inner workings of her mindset and how she is able to overcome self-doubt and tougher performance days. We hit on almost everything in this episode, except for us landing on the next place that we should travel to together. That part, we've left up to you. <laughs> Listen in for our episode with one of the greats in lacrosse, Ali Mastriani. Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dream On podcast. I'm your host, Kylie O'Miller. I am joined today by one of my Team USA teammates and absolute rock star, Ali Mastriani. Um, Allie is a Team USA 2022 gold medalist. She plays on the USA field sixes and box teams. Um, she played at uh, North Carolina. She was a national champion also in 2022. Um, she is Carolina's career draw control leader with 360 draw controls. That's ridiculous. Um, she's a two-time All-American. She's an Athletes Unlimited professional lacrosse player and a multi-time captain in Athletes Unlimited as well. Um, but overall, she is just someone that um, has a ton of fun spreading the game across the world, um, is an absolute rock star of a player, an awesome teammate, an awesome person. So Allie, I'm, I'm excited to have you. Welcome to the Dream On Pod. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So always on the Dream On Pod, we start off to a good start. Um, we'd like to know where you're at today while we're recording. So for reference, everybody, it's Thursday, January 25th, 2024. I think I almost said 2023 there. Um, <laughs> it's 12 p.m. So middle of the day on a Thursday. What is something that you are thankful for today, Ali? I'd say something thankful for is um, just kind of all the experiences that I've had. I uh, starting the new year, kind of planning my schedule, but looking back on what 2023 brought, I got to travel to a bunch of new places and um, see all different places and train a bunch of different girls and have all these amazing experiences. So definitely grateful for that and the opportunity to do it again in 24. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I know I saw the article from uh, AU came out yesterday on social media about you being 
all over the world and in different countries and you got plans to get to like across the world literally in a couple months so mm -hmm. um yeah what are some of those places on your 2024 list so far yeah I mean so far um keeping it in the U.S. I have some plans to go out west again uh, Montana Lake Tahoe Utah um I'll be headed down to Florida a bunch I mean anytime there's warm weather usually I'm there South Please. Carolina, yeah, getting into some golf too. So at these places, maybe I'll get to work on my golf game. Okay. <laughs> but um, around the world, I am going back to Japan in March with the PLL. So that's going to be so much fun. Um, and then a few of us are going to extend our trip for some fun in Bali and Singapore. Wow. Which is, I'm I don't <laughs> even know what to expect, but I'm so excited. Um, but I'm going to try to get to Spain this year. I would love to go back to Amsterdam and Italy. Um, kind of just going to ride the wave and see where it takes me. I love that. I mean, listen, we're only young for so long, right? So <laughs> we got to make sure that we get to these places. Um, exactly. that's really, really awesome. I'm excited to, to see you guys in Japan as well. Um, what is, so back to like where we're at today, what's something that you've, you're proud to say that you've accomplished so far today? So it's only 12 PM. What have we done so far today? Ooh, today might be one of the slower days, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, this week I've been doing a lot of workouts and I've been really trying to get myself up and going to yoga. I'm not very good at it. I know you are. You just posted that thing the other day. Um, but I've been proud of myself that I've been going and I'm not just like hiding myself in the back corner. Um, nice. I challenge myself to kind of get up there. And even if I can't do it, cause I still can't touch my toes. I try really hard. Um, so my goal is to try to go two to three times a week and so far I've gone twice. So I'm feeling good about that. Oh, I love that. Is it like a studio near you that you like to get to? Is it a hot yoga class or is it just regular? Oh, yeah. nice. Hot yoga. I yep. was sweating so much the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite kind of classes because it's like you get the movement that your body needs, but you also leave feeling like, you know, us athletes, we feel like we need to be dripping sweat and like yep. <laughs> feel accomplished. So that still does it for me. It's <laughs> mm -hmm. awesome that you're getting into that. I'm pumped about that. Next yeah, time you I'm trying. class. You should. I know I'm trying yeah. to be more zen. <laughs> we all need that in our lives. <laughs> uh, Okay. So we already talked a little bit about your travel plans and getting to some different spots, but um, last but not least, what's something that you're pumped to go chase? I know we got some big things coming up in 2024. Um, so yeah, what's something that you're pumped to chase this year? Yeah. I mean, a few lacrosse related things. Um, we have a game with the PLL in the championship series, the sixes uh, in February. So I'm really excited for that to kind of um, put on a show with some pretty awesome players um, on TV in an amazing atmosphere. So that would be awesome. And then obviously Japan too, and Athletes Unlimited in the summer. Um, that would be super fun. Hope to feel prepared and ready for that. Um, but really the big one that I've been really excited about that's been kind of new to my lacrosse life is box lacrosse. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about it earlier, but the World Championship is coming up in September up in Utica. So that's definitely something I'm trying to chase. Uh, I would love to make that team and represent my country again, um, kind of in a, in a different form, helmet pads, everything. So I think that would be a really amazing experience 
Um, and then long term, ever since lacrosse has been added to the Olympics, it's definitely given me a boost of motivation um, to train and, and work out. So it's far away, I know, and there's small goals before then, but it's still cool while you're working hard to to think about that. Yeah, feel um, that as a reality, right? Like that's yeah, that's happening. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, like but, it's real. Like it's actually going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily so. Yes, it's distant in the future, but it's like not a distant um, yeah. possibility. It's like a distant, mm-hmm. like, okay, it's a real thing that's actually going to happen for lacrosse. Um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely understand that and how it's a little extra motivating. And um, I also like what you said before we get into a little bit about your journey, but I really like what you said about how like, yeah, I have a lot of these big goals and these might be farther down the line, but there are other little goals that I'm looking to accomplish that are going to like help mm-hmm. lead to that. Is that- like something that you focus on a lot is that goal setting mindset is it something that you work on a ton like when did you add that into your game yeah I think I've always been um I have all these big visions and big pictures and big goals um but I've kind of in the last few years have had to break it down to small more achievable goals to reach those I think um, I'm sure we'll get into it later but when I got hurt in college that was kind of a reality check for me um, because I had to focus on more of the journey and the day-by-day rather than the end result and I think having that mindset really helps you as an athlete and as a person to to persevere. Yeah absolutely yeah we're definitely going to dive more into that but I think that that was just a really cool little moment there because I think that's something that I'm sure you get as well but I get as a lot like from young lacrosse players is like okay, I want to, you know, I want to go to the Olympics. It's like, okay, what's, what's happening in 2024 Mm -hmm. first that we can accomplish. That's going to help you get to that spot, you know, down the line um, Mm -hmm. and kind of breaking those down into smaller goals. So I appreciate that you said that. Um, But yeah, speaking of like young lacrosse players, what was your journey? Like, what was your introduction to lacrosse thinking all the way back? You grew up in New Jersey. Um, Yeah. Like, did you start lacrosse first? Did you start other sports first? What was your intro to the game? Like, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a very athletic family, so I was just constantly outside, whether it was playing like manhunt with the neighbors or lacrosse in the backyard or honestly, my mom, she coached me in pretty much every sport, basketball, um, softball, field hockey. I would be at my, my brother's football practices. I think I played soccer for a little bit, but I'm not very coordinated with my feet. Um, but like the neighborhood swim team, I think I played every single sport except for like gymnastics or <laughs> like cheerleading, probably why yeah. I can't touch my toes, but um, <laughs> practically grew up on the field because um, my mom was a coach and rather than going to daycare, I just hung out on the sidelines um, of yeah. her field hockey practices and her softball and basketball practices. Um, so that was pretty much my whole childhood. And when I wasn't on the field with her, I was um, playing organized sports or unorganized sports in my neighborhood. I had a very fun neighborhood, a lot of people my age, my brother, a lot of people his age. So we would just hang out all the time and just run around. Um, yeah. But lacrosse kind of came into my life. My brother played, so I grew up kind of watching him. But one of my next door neighbors, MG Hollingsworth, he's kind of a legend in our town. He got everyone to start playing lacrosse. Um, and his daughter is one of my best friends in the world, Hannah. Um, so we just, he just, he would just drive by, pull up in the driveway, walk through the front door, say, let's go, we're going to the field. And there'd be like a full car of the neighborhood. And we would just go and he would just awesome. us and we'd 
play together. So it was kind of cool growing up with all of my brother and his friends watching their games and then all the little sisters be on the sideline until it was our turn. Yeah, that's really cool. Like very unique story too, just to like, mm-hmm. um, it, it was almost like a neighborhood sport for you guys. And just mm-hmm. the way, same way you played manhunt, like you said, you were also playing lacrosse. Like that's, I think that's really special. I love that. Yeah. Um, I hope to be that parent one day right? mm-hmm. in our neighborhoods for our kids. For we, sure. It was so fun. A neighborhood and we all just Ooh. like, yeah. That's what we should do. <laughs> that would be really fun. <laughs> right? In the middle of nowhere, we all just like raise our families in the same neighborhood and just like take them to a field randomly. Yes. Let's just put a field in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I think we just came up with some new long-term goals for us. Um, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so like take us through your um kind of like what what was when you found lacrosse and you started really playing and then kind of got into it a little bit more and then you realized okay, I'm going to play at the club level. Okay, I'm pretty good at this. I want to maybe play at the next level. Like what did that process look like for you and what was it about lacrosse that made you realize okay, this is my sport? Mm-hmm. I love lacrosse cuz it was like a combination of so many sports. Um, I loved how fast paced it was, how challenging it was. I could play offense, defense. I could run the whole field in softball. I loved softball, um, but like I was a pitcher because I wanted to be involved in every single play. And when I get on base, I would just steal all the bases because I wanted to run. (laughs) So I think that was a sign that I belonged on a field. Um, And I loved that if you just made a mistake, you have an opportunity to get the ball back, um, which is one of the things I loved about basketball. too but I think just so many of my friends played and in my town it was just kind of the sport um it was really cool like my brother watching them grow up like they won the TOC championship which is pretty big deal in Jersey they won it back to back their junior and senior years so we got to watch that as like middle schoolers and we had those dreams and then when we were seniors we won it um our last year so it was pretty it was pretty cool yeah, that's a fun like full circle moment, especially when you mm-hmm. like are a little bit older now and you look back on it. You're like, wow, that was that's kind of cool. Look at it like yeah, that. It um, was really cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So like you recognize, okay, this is this is my game. When does it click for you? Like the recruiting process has started. You're starting to you know get seen by by schools. How mm-hmm. does that process go for you? Um, and where was yeah. it? Like Carolina saw you and you decided yeah. that. Carolina was your spot yeah so I still I remember the day it was MG actually he picked us up in the car he said we're going to the final four it was at Villanova Uh, I think it was 2013 so I think I was was there I think yeah we were probably there at the same time (laughs) but uh, I think I was in seventh grade or sixth grade I don't know and I remember I went I was the only one from day one I was all in Carolina blue probably mostly because I just I love the color (laughs) Um, but then I got to see them play and I was oh my gosh, this is so cool. All my friends were wearing the Maryland red. And I was like, no, UNC all the way. Because <laughs> um, I hadn't won yet too. So this was like a really big deal. And we went to the final four and then we went to the championship. And I just have such a vivid memory of being in the stands, watching them win after five overtimes. Just confetti, the sticks in the air. It was just like such a magical moment to watch as a kid. And from then on, I was like, I want that. Like, I want to be on that field. I want to have that moment. And then I was just super motivated. I, I think I asked for a Carolina blue stick for Christmas. I was obsessed. <laughs> um, and 
think middle school like club we would just play all throughout the summer and it was actually my freshman year which is crazy to think about now with all the rule changes um I played in like a showcase in January okay. and freshman year of high school right yeah. yeah and it was like immediate after that just the like oh they, like they couldn't call you directly so it was kind of the loophole thing yeah and then all of a sudden I was just on visits every weekend my first one I went down to North Carolina and I think they knew they had me right off the bat and my <laughs> parents yeah my parents like okay Allie we get it but we need to uh look at other schools and like see some other options you're 14 and you have braces you don't know what you want <laughs> it's um, true you're so right that was before the rule change days where yeah. you know you couldn't talk to college coaches or even think about those decisions until junior year of high school that didn't exist when we went through it so um Crazy. yeah like that's so funny but they reeled yeah. you right in you were already hooked oh yeah that. I was hooked they yeah it was everything I ever could have dreamed of and more I think just the culture at UNC and, and everything about it is a dream you go there everything's Carolina blue the crosswalks the fire hydrants the fire trucks the everything the sky is always down so yeah I think I committed my it was like early March or February so it was before our our season which was kind of crazy wow but it all worked out it it did I think <laughs> I think it all worked <laughs> out for you um that's really cool just to again like I I love these podcast episodes because so so many times when we tell stories like that like we don't get to tell the full thing um mm -hmm. and like I feel like you've already had two moments where you're kind of looking back and you're like wow that happened early on and I realized this and then this ended up happening later a little bit later in my life and it kind of all connects like full circle yeah. moments like I mm -hmm. love those um so it's cool to hear that about your story um so when you do get to Carolina and you're a freshman, you know, all the way through your senior year, we we're going to talk about a lot of those like big up and down moments mm -hmm. in there. But one of my mm -hmm. favorite questions to ask on this podcast, because I have guests from all the different colleges that we all used to play against, right? Like all of our friends now, we used to like, not yeah. like so much because they were our opponents, right? Like, mm -hmm. and then after college, we end up being besties. But I think like something cool to ask is like, what, what were some of those traditions or big moments or, um, you know, little things that were unique to Carolina that you could say like, okay, we did this at Stony Brook. People would probably never know that about like our inside locker room situation. Mm -hmm. And I would never know about your inside locker room situation either. Like what are some of those things that you think of when you think of Tar Heels? Yeah. I think one of the, the things that I don't know if it's like a specific thing, but that just stands out um, at UNC is just like every time you were walking into the weight room or to class or just through campus, especially like the athletic area, you just pass these people who were just, no matter what sport they played, you knew they were amazing and that they were the top of their sport. And I think that just like championship culture was so inspiring and so motivating um, that no matter where you were or who you walked by, there was just so much respect for the people yeah. around you and like I said it just like motivated you to want to like live up to that championship culture that UNC has um so that's kind of like something that I always think about and that um I'm always grateful for and I feel like people might not realize that when they walk onto campus but when you're walking and you, and you see 
like a Aaron Matson. You're like, oh, you're like a five-time All-American and like the best player in the entire world. <laughs> and yeah. then you pass a national championship champion in this sport and a national champion in this sport. And that, like, it's just really cool to be surrounded by that like winning culture, no matter what sport it was. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah. I think that's a really cool way to look at it too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that definitely surrounded by a lot of that just like high level athleticism when you play sports mm-hmm. in college, but that's a really unique thing to UNC, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, I would say just some of the traditions, I mean, beating Duke anytime mm-hmm. in basketball, you'd sprint, you would literally sprint. It looked like something crazy was going on on campus. Cause everyone, no matter what you were doing, would just take off and run as fast as you can to Franklin street. They would shut down the street and there would just be thousands and thousands and thousands of people just like jumping around and cheering because we beat Duke because right down the road. So awesome. I think that rivalry is so special and it's just so cool. Um, and I think almost every year we got to experience that. Um, my fifth year, we did it three times in like two weeks. Wow. And it was so sick. <laughs> we were like, we need to win the national championship. <laughs> we need this feeling for ourselves yeah yeah I was gonna say how does that like kind of you know basketball seasons right before lacrosse season so when that kind of energy and that kind of like you said that atmosphere it's got to be contagious like what oh yeah what does that do it for is, you guys heading into preseason yeah it's so contagious I mean all, all the sports and especially the women's sports honestly like women's soccer women's field hockey our tennis team I think has won the national championship both indoor and outdoor every year for the past I don't even know how many years. Yeah. Um, so it's always really cool because we're friends with all the people on all the other teams and watching them um, play at the highest level and watching them on TV or going to the games and the stadiums are filled. Um, it's really, really cool to cheer them on. And then when it's your time, you know, they're cheering you on. So it's kind of that like super supportive, high level atmosphere. Do you love watching sports highlights? Then you need Five Star, the world's first sports highlight rating app. Think TikTok, but just for sports. Register as an athlete or as a fan to view and rate sports highlights of all sports, all in one place. Five Star is a positive network of athletes from all skill levels to share their performance and get rated by peers, coaches, and community. Download Five Star and post your highlights. Follow me at Kylie and rate my highlights, uh, but please be kind. <laughs> Available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Learn more at fivestarapp.com. Yeah, you can't really get that anywhere else. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, what are some, so I think like something we also talk about here on the podcast a lot is um, you know, we don't get to those national championships and those gold medals and everything like that without some failures, some challenges along the way. So in terms of like your time at Carolina specifically, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but what can you think of that were some, you know, higher or lower moments when it comes to your time there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think about um, like my younger self, like in my first few years of college, and I just like had no confidence uh, and that was like a me problem like I just wasn't confident in myself I was so hard on myself I was so afraid to fail because um, I think I was thinking of all these great goals and all these big expectations I had of myself 
and I wasn't allowing myself to fail to get to those goals and I I was just really hard on myself and and I realized that that put me kind of in a dark place because I just felt like I was never achieving what I what I knew that I could um but eventually I I started to build more confidence and I put a lot of I was that was kind of like a self-centered thing and when I realized like oh it's kind of selfish honestly to just be thinking about like oh you could be doing so much better I put a lot of my effort like outwards um into my teammates and to other people and I found that by boosting up the people around me constantly um like it just it just made it it made me feel really good it made my teammates feel really good and at the end of the day you get it back because if you just create that atmosphere where everyone can be supportive of each other um it's going to come back around yeah I think that's really important because I was going to follow up that of like okay how did what did you focus on in order to kind of get yourself Mm -hmm. out of that funk almost right and just like Mm -hmm. be able to build that confidence and I think that's a really special piece is just like okay I was focusing less on inner inward Mm -hmm. but more like okay how can I put this energy out to my teammates so that one it helps me distract myself or everything that's going Mm -hmm. on up here but also Mm -hmm. at the same time you're creating a really special atmosphere that's really supportive um Mm -hmm. I like the way that you said that I think that's a really great way. And again, like might not work for everybody, but I think it's a really great way to help yourself, you know, kind of get out of those moments where it's like really self-critical. Um, mm-hmm. and I also think it's really special to hear that someone of your caliber has those moments and has had those moments, right. That's mm-hmm. so relatable. Um, everyone mm-hmm. at the top of their game has had some of those low moments where they doubt themselves and probably mm-hmm. still continue to at certain moments too. It's like a totally. process, right. Is that, I guess that's what I was going to say. Like, is that something that like now, like if you're having a bad game or if you're, you know, just not feeling your best out there playing, training, whatever it might be, like, what are some of the things that you focus on in order to like get your confidence back up now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think confidence has always kind of been like a struggle for me. Um, But I found that once I really started being confident and like owning what I'm good at and understanding that you don't need to be amazing at everything um just kind of like one thing at a time or maybe today it's just you know what my shots aren't going so I'm just gonna be an animal on the rest of the field and pick up every ground ball and cause turnovers that I can um just kind of like putting myself almost back a little bit like you don't have to do everything in order to like feel great about yourself like maybe today it's it's just this and that's, that's fine. And that's good enough. And then tomorrow, maybe it's something else. And then you start to build up, build up, build up. But I think it, I've just noticed that it's, it's crazy. Once you, once you're confident, you just play so much better. You're so much happier. And I know it's like so easy to say, but um, now that I'm training so many young girls, like it, it breaks my heart when I see them like get upset about with themselves when they make a mistake. I'm like, no, you're amazing. Like I just boost these girls up because it's so fun. <laughs> and I want to see, I want them to see kind of what I see and like how great they are. And when they can just go out there and play free um, and not be afraid, like they can play so much better. Yeah. And I think that like something you just mentioned there, like these are girls that you're coaching and that you're, you're able to see that and like have that impact on them. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, also remembering that like they could, their teammates could be the same way for them or they could be that way for their teammates too. And that just, and yeah, is like, can vice versa, can like flip around to them and help them with their own confidence. But that atmosphere is something you keep like going back Uh to 
And I think is like, you're not going to be confident unless you find yourself in a very supportive atmosphere full of your circle. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if lacrosse isn't going your way that day, like you can always be a good teammate. Like Mm. you can always be a good person and be a good teammate. So maybe if the lacrosse parts, you're not feeling it that day, like you could just put all your focus into that. And that's great because that's going to spark greatness throughout the whole team. I love that. Um, I'm gonna just remind me later. I'm gonna clip that into a into okay. a little. <laughs> love I love that. when I'm sitting here on the podcast and I'm like, that's gonna be good for social media. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so kind of diving into a little bit more of like this, um, you know, self confidence talk, a little bit of failures and successes and all of that. But um, again, like setbacks definitely lead us to our successes. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier you got injured in college probably have had multiple other challenges throughout your career so far, right? That's just part of how it goes. Um, So when it comes to those kinds of things, like you think back to your injury, um, you think back to any of those moments, can you tell us about a couple of those moments and what you've learned from them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for those who don't know, I like kind of end of my freshman year, I tore all three of my hamstrings completely off the bone um at the time didn't even know you had three hamstrings so that was pretty devastating to hear um but it was one of those things where it was near the end of the season it was my first time competing for ACCs and the national championship and everything so I was just kind of upset but pushing it aside I played through it I was running for way longer than I should have um but also I wasn't aware of the severity of Mandary until um a little bit too late um but it's okay. It all worked out. Um, so yeah, after my freshman year, I had to get surgery and reattach all the hamstrings back up there. Um, my knee was bent at like a 90 degree angle. I was in a brace from my hips to my toes um, at a 90 degree angle for three months on crutches. Um, and then after the three months, they like slowly started like every week, they would slowly increase the angle um to like elongate the hamstrings um so that was pretty much my whole summer (laughs) and then uh back at school kind of had to learn how to walk again I was not a part of really any team practice or lift or speed and agility anything I mean I would go and support my teammates but um I had to do all the the extra stuff with my trainers and I had an amazing strength coach um Eric Hernandez I always give so much credit to him for for getting me back on the field and building up my confidence and he was patient with me because not every day was awesome some days I was scared to run it I remember he brought me to like the gymnastics room after I was having like a a rough week where I was just scared I was like just scared because I just didn't trust my body because I felt like my body betrayed me I was like I don't know I'm afraid to run again I don't know what's gonna happen to me I didn't even know you could tear through hamstrings like what's it gonna do to me next um but he just took me to the gymnastics room and just like pushed me like into the the whatever pit with all this stuff and I was like whoa yeah I was kind of like whoa and he's like see you're fine and then we like just had so much fun um like jumping on the trampoline and like doing all that stuff so he always found a way uh, to make it fun and to, to boost my mood and morale each day and eventually got back out there I think I started practicing like a little bit in November no contact or anything but like some stick work stuff and then winter break was on my own a lot to like really um, get in shape and then 
I think like two or three weeks before our first game was my first time like fully practicing. Wow. Um, but played the whole sophomore year. Um, definitely started a little bit more as like a FOGO and then worked my way throughout the season. Um, and at first it was frustrating because I'm like, oh, I know what I can do. Like I'm finally healthy. Like I just want to be a full midi, play offense, defense, draw, like do it all. But I had to to realize and be grateful that hey, you're running, you're on the field, whatever your job is and whatever Jenny needs you to do, like, just do that to the best of your ability and the rest will come. Um, So that was kind of my role that year. And I had to, had to own that, but definitely was a whole journey of ups and downs. But I felt that a lot of positive self-talk and realizing again, that I can't think about being able to do everything Mm because it's going to take reaching those small goals first in order in order to get there yeah like little wins in order to get to the big ones um and I think that's a you're a living example of that from that setback right is like okay maybe sophomore year you know half of it wasn't what you Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be but um I think junior senior fifth year ended up pretty good for you so yeah it definitely took probably two years after to really feel good yeah like you yeah. And I think that's really relatable too, right? There's probably so many people listening to this podcast who can, myself included, who can relate to big injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and who know that it's going to take a lot of patience, mm-hmm. a lot of, I like the fact that you said there were some frustrating days too, because mm-hmm. everyone makes it seem like it's like, okay, yeah, cool. See you in, you know, a year, I'll be great. But like, there's a lot yeah. of days in between that, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times social media doesn't show that side of it. Um, totally. I, appreciated you saying that too mm-hmm. um and I also want to point out one more thing that you said too that you had a really great trainer that mm-hmm. was just around you no matter what and I think that goes into that point again of like just having a good circle of people around you that's going to support you in your highs and your lows everywhere in between and is, is going to be there for you um yeah. I think that is a big big piece of recovering from injury too um mm-hmm. So I think that was really cool that you were able to shout him out like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely got to surround yourself with some supportive people and mm. know that if somebody is maybe if your teammate's going through something like you just get throwing them a text, asking them how they're feeling goes a really, really long way. Yeah. Okay. Talk us through post UNC. We got professional lacrosse. We have Team USA. What is all of that? Like, how does all of that playing post-collegiately at the professional level, getting paid to play, like playing for the U.S. national team on a bunch of different stages, how does that make younger Allie feel? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's so cool, honestly. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It sounds lame saying it, but the fact that I get to just play lacrosse all the time um, and that I've made a career out of it is very it's just kind of a dream come true. It's something you pick up a stick and you're like, oh, I love this sport. And when we were kids, we didn't really have too much um, to look forward to um, post-collegiate. So I think the fact that we have this platform now is really awesome and super grateful that um, I get to do what I love every day and I I get to to give back to the next generation of lacrosse players and um, hope for them to strive to accomplish um, all great things. But I think just playing for Team USA, that's something that is just an incredible experience and absolute, I get chills thinking about it um, every time 
we would suit up and the national anthem would play and you're literally wearing USA across your chest. I remember that game, we, it was 4th of July, we were playing England. I was like, this is so American. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> I, that was my favorite one in the 2022 World Championship too. Cause I was like, this is just like, whoever scheduled this, like good job, you know? Like USA versus England, 4th <laughs> of July, like good job. That is just fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I have an uncle who is English. He's from England and he was in the stands for that game. And I just thought, I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is just so, like you said, American. Um, it was so yeah. epic. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool. And I mean, anytime you get to suit up representing your country is really awesome. And now with all the different disciplines of lacrosse um, and seeing how much it's evolving at such a rapid pace all towards the Olympics is really cool to be a part of. And um, like you and I, we, we get to be a part of that, whether it's playing or coaching and getting the younger generation um to that level it's it's really really cool to see yeah yeah I love that um and it's definitely you know obviously the feelings mutual I, I love thinking about like those are my favorite moments obviously a lot of the favorite moments are like in the locker room all the memories that we get to make out on the field but like national anthem when you're standing there out there and you're literally oh, yeah. wearing USA you're wearing the flag you're looking at the flag it's just like a feeling like no other um, and it's been really cool to do it alongside, you know, people like you. So um, I love that you mentioned that. And um, something you also mentioned too, right? Like that I wanted to talk about, I think post-collegiately, again, we weren't prepared for it necessarily when we were growing up. It was like, okay, let's get to college. And, you know, like that's going to be everything. I know for a lot of the conversations that we've had, at least amongst like all the pros and everything like that, it's like after college, it's actually a whole nother level of, um, you know, getting used to training in a different way or getting used to like being mm -hmm. ready in a different way. So like Team USA doing a bunch of training camps every couple months here and there for like two days at a time. And then mm -hmm. AU, right? We play for five weeks in the summer straight, but nothing for the rest of the 11 months in terms of that, maybe a game here or there in Japan or an exhibition game. Um, so like in terms of that, what would you say are some of the struggles that you've seen post-college for yourself? And then like, how have you found some of the the training tools and the things that keep you ready to play? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that's a struggle that isn't really talked about much. Um, thinking about your season that's nine months away, and you're like, ooh, I could just not run today and it would be fine because I'm sure I'll be fine in nine months. But like keeping yourself motivated um, to, to train every day and just kind of maintain that. And um, I like to stay just as involved in the sport as I can, um, whether that's coaching or running clinics or traveling, that kind of keeps me involved and I'll hop in the drills here and there, which has been super fun. But again, I think just, just training every day, just knowing, okay, every day you can make yourself a little bit better not necessarily thinking like, okay, when I get to AU, I want to score five goals in the first game and be at the top of the leaderboard. Like that just doesn't help anybody. And that's definitely not something that helps me. So whether it's okay, tomorrow in yoga, I'm going to touch my toes or um, like, I'm oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe I will in the next tomorrow. Week. Are you um, going tomorrow? Yeah, I'll go tomorrow. I don't okay. know. I'm a little sore this week. I don't know. I would, I, would like a, I would like a video of you touching your toes tomorrow. Oh, God. 
<laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I may need a few more months for that. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely, I mean, it's kind of fun, but it's definitely a little bit different when I see um, like all the college girls that get to train every single day. And, and it definitely, once you're out, makes you a lot more grateful for it. I think sometimes in college you get stuck in this routine of like, oh, I have to go to practice. I have to go to lift. I have to do this. And like, I always made sure I would take a step back and like gratitude always brought me back. But I think now being out of college, realizing how fun that was and how um, helpful that was. I hope if any, I'm sure a lot of college girls listen to this, but like definitely don't take advantage of it or wish those days away because one day you're going to wish that that you were at practice. <laughs> and I think it's cool too. Like we kind of just did it um, but like jokingly here, right. I just asked you to like, send me a video of you t- touching your toes, but like we find our ways to stay connected with yeah. our teammates and like stay motivated. It might not look like what it used to look like, right? Like we're mm-hmm. 30, 40 girls. We're going to the weight room at the same time every single day. And then getting on the line Mm -hmm. and pushing each other through sprints every single day. Like we might not have that, but knowing in the back of our head that like you're doing what you're doing in your busy Mm -hmm. life motivates me to keep doing what I'm doing. So that when we meet back up, you know what I mean? We're both ready. We both put in the work and like, you know, we'll find our ways to send each other videos and root each other on from across the country. Totally. Uh (laughs) I think that's definitely the most motivating factor is your teammates um, knowing that they're doing their part. So you should be doing here. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, all right. We're going to get into a couple quick games here, a little like inspirational questions, but, um, oh, okay. this first one, um, we are kind of going for like three, one word or one phrase answers. So we're kind of just talking a little bit about your values in, you know, people around you and teammates and leaders, like some of the values mm-hmm. that you really like are drawn to in those kinds of things. Okay. So First and foremost, give me three one word or one phrase answers to what are some of the things that you value most in a person? I think my number one is that they're genuine. Mm. Um, yeah, genuine. I, I don't know what the longer word of that would be, but that they're genuine. <laughs> um, and they're kind. I like mm-hmm. being surrounded by just nice, kind people. Um, and yes yeah just like hard work commitment and hard work yeah I like that okay what are some I have one more passion sorry I love passion passion that's a good one so they're passionate about the things that they they want to accomplish and they want to do Mm -hmm. and that's something that you're drawn to in a person okay definitely I like that all right what are some of the things you value the most in a teammate I think again passion mm-hmm. um encouragement Ooh. whether it's for themselves or for the people around them um and their integrity Ooh, i like that one i love this game i get literally different answers from every guest it's so cool <laughs> um okay <laughs> Last but not least, what are three things that you value the most in a leader? Mm, I think someone that 
like walks the walk Mm -hmm. like someone that again kind of that integrity like closing the gap between what you say and what you do um someone who's inspiring and someone I guess it's like passion and belief whether both belief in you belief in themselves and their capabilities and belief in the team Mm, I like that word very cool. I like that. We just went deep with Allie for a little bit. No, <laughs> we get, we get deep here on the dream on pod. Um, okay. Yeah. So something, another fun little question here. It's a little bit about some, like, maybe like a piece of advice you've taken from somebody. Um, and then other things that you're trying to, you know, hopefully give to the next generation or give to the people who follow you. So first part of the question mm-hmm. is, um what's one piece of advice that you've taken into your life maybe from a mentor or a special person a coach something like that what's one of those pieces of advice um gotten so many um like like go for it like follow your dreams and, and go for it you're either gonna accomplish amazing things or you're gonna fail and you're gonna learn from it so um better off to try it and to go all in rather than to regret never trying to accomplish your dreams Mm, I really like that okay flip the script I'm someone Mm. that's following you what do you Mm. want to take from me just by you inspiring me what's something that you want me to take from you that's what you're hoping that I'm getting okay I would say to just like embrace every single opportunity and like whatever life brings you like embrace it because again you're either you're going to learn from it you're going to grow from it and from that you'll become a better person mm-hmm. all around and you never know what will come after that yeah embrace and be yeah embrace it and, and be grateful for it yeah I like that the gratitude piece okay awesome what um what's next in life for Allie what are you dreaming about these days? Ooh, um, I mean, this is the year I'm making my thesis project. We talked about kind of how, like, yeah, you posted that thing, um, a reality. So I got my master's at UNC, created this whole app idea all about combining, like, my love for philanthropy and then my education of uh, corporate social responsibility and philanthropic communications with my love of lacrosse um, and giving back. So combining all of those things um, to create an app that makes lacrosse more accessible, diverse, and inclusive all around the world um, while making it fun and competitive. Um, it's something I'm really passionate about that I've been taking small steps to to make it a reality, but I want to make it happen. <laughs> like Ooh, for real, for real. Like on your phone, like the whole world's on it. So that's my goal. Ooh, I love it. Oh my gosh. The KO 17. Yeah, stay gonna... tuned. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously, that's a good plug right there. Um, mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm really excited to see that. And I think like, obviously I know because I'm one of your friends, but I know how hard you've worked on those kinds of things and making even just like for yourself, some of those opportunities a reality. And now it's like time to make it reality for everybody. So that's really mm-hmm. special. I'm pumped for you. Um, okay. Last question about the future. Let me get some questions from our KO 17 fam. Um, where do you hope to see our sport? Where do you hope to see lacrosse 
in five, 10 years? Like we talked a little bit about the Olympics, but what are some things you're still hoping for in terms of our sport in the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Olympics, I hope it's an absolute hit and the whole world is watching it and it's so inspired by it and goes and grabs a stick and goes in their backyard and tries it for themselves. But I think I would love to just see, I mean, I see it a little bit in Jersey. Sorry, there's a dog next door. But I would love to just like be able to just go somewhere and like go to a random park and like see kids playing catch. Um, and whether that's in the US or international, like when I went overseas, went to a park and there was a bunch of little kids like running around playing soccer, mostly little boys. I'm like, I want little girls out there and I want them to play lacrosse. <laughs> so that would be cool. Maybe getting lacrosse in some gym classes um just to to make it again more accessible and, and just familiarize um young kids with it at a young age so that they want to keep going but yeah I guess those are those are like for a full world of lacrosse I hope that the professional leagues are thriving and that people can make lacrosse a full-time career um because it is very fun and I just hope that people can make lacrosse a full-time career and like own it and feel so good about that and so confident about it um, and yeah. fully embrace that. Yeah. Well said, well said all around. Um, and yeah, I totally agree with your, your park reference. Like that would be awesome. You know, just to drive around in the same way that you see soccer as an international, just well-known sport, mm -hmm. same way you see a lot of times basketball too, right? Like just pick up basketball mm -hmm. as a thing at every gym, yeah. every park, everywhere you see it. It's like, okay, let's, Let's make that lacrosse. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, KO17 fam has a couple questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah, I'll try to be quick with these. Sorry, I know oh, you're good. Ramble. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Um, okay, Melania. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, from Instagram says, "What is Allie's key to taking the draw? I have a regular draw stick, but should I get a draw stick because I take the draw? Will it help me take the draw? What's your keys? I think uh, the main things on the draw you want to focus on is your wrist speed and strength. I always say you don't need to be the tallest or the strongest person to take the draw, but if these wrists are super quick, uh, you can definitely dominate. So work on that wrist strength, wrist quickness, um your reaction to the whistle and to the ball and then just getting tons and tons of reps placing it um with the draw stick it definitely helps i think if you're going against someone who has a draw stick definitely would help to match that but um if you don't have one it's all good i think if you can master those skills you can be unstoppable no matter what yeah i love that from the master herself you're getting all <laughs> awesome Awesome advice. Um, okay. Last question from our KO 17 fam. This one's from Audrey. We talked a little bit about um, some of the things that you've had to overcome throughout your career, like injuries, setbacks. Um, she wants to know if there are any other ones in, in regards to like maybe not making a team or sitting on the bench or anything like that, that you can maybe give some advice to. Mm -hmm. I think um, definitely like sitting on the bench and standing on the sideline and wanting so bad to be out there and knowing that you're more than capable of being out there. Um, but again, kind of what I said earlier, just realizing like, okay, in this exact moment, that is not my role. I am not the one on the field with the ball. Um, so I need to do, I need to look down, see where, be where my feet are and see what can I do right now to help mm -hmm. my teammates and the people around me. And if that's 
cheering as loud as you possibly can or when a teammate comes off like boosting them up or if that's watching and studying and maybe watching somebody on the field that maybe you feel like ah oh, why is she on the field and over me like kind of switch that mindset be like okay well what is she doing let me watch her let me study her and then let me see what I can do mm. to better myself so that when I go to practice on Monday I can just prove myself I think Proving yourself like on the field rather than just kind of complaining about it goes a much longer way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love, I like that. Um, just, and you mentioned be where you, your feet are and sometimes your feet are in different places than you anticipate them being or that you want them to be, but switching that mindset, like you said, into a more positive one and into one that you can still be impactful. That's huge. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, this is our fun little segment where we really get to know Allie and some of her fun little facts. It's called okay. quick finishes, kind of like, you know, like a little quick stick on the crease. Um, but we're just going to ask some quick, quick uh, questions. You can explain them if you'd like. Some of our guests go into like two minute long answers. Some of us just give rapid fire questions, rapid fire okay. answers. So totally up to you. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay, what is your favorite like sweet tooth treat? Um, definitely like chocolate chip cookies and milk. Ooh, and milk. I like that you added that in there. You have to. Yeah, it. yeah. You gotta <laughs> dip it. Um, what's your what's the best TV show in your opinion? Oh, I just finished um Breaking Bad. It's really good. I don't Breaking know if that's Bad. appropriate for all young kids but it's <laughs> really good job. that's okay it's for you um <laughs> okay who is one of your favorite athletes to follow for inspiration oh that's a good one um I love following well you first of all you're like the best person to follow every time I go on Instagram like oh, Kyle's doing something amazing I'm inspired by it um but I think I mean, I always look at like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant quotes and think in like their documentaries and things like that. I think they're super motivating. Um, I think, ooh, oh, Allison Felix. I follow her on Instagram. Um, I just like love everything about like her journey of being obviously a superstar Olympic athlete and um, also an entrepreneur um, and also a mom. I think she is amazing. So. She's yeah. good, someone good to follow. Yeah, she's a badass. That's awesome. Um, okay, what's your go-to breakfast meal? Egg sandwich, for sure. Um, make those pretty much every day. Either like eggs, a little bit of cheese, um, sourdough bread, some Trader Joe's, so good. Or sometimes I'll go like two eggs over easy. But big <laughs> egg girl. Omelet, too. I like to switch it up. Nice. <laughs> big egg girl. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> Okay, I feel like this one might be tough for you. Beach or mountains? There's literally mountains in my background. <laughs> I love both, but I'm such a beach girl. I love yeah. being by the beach. <laughs> At heart. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Um. what's your favorite jersey number to rep and why? Definitely 12. Um, it's been kind of, I, I've had that number for as long as I can remember, I think. Well, I was born on the 12th, so I'm sure that's probably where it originated from. But my brother was always number 12, too. So it kind of got passed down um, in the family. But I just, it just like feels good, you know, when a number just feels good. 
Yeah. How was that for me? <laughs> I like that. A couple different random reasons in there, but like just mm-hmm. feels right. I like it. Yeah. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Definitely a night owl. I definitely like get so many ideas like at nighttime. Like I remember at school, I would be sitting there and then I would just start typing away, typing away at like 1030 and then I would blink and it would be like 2 a.m. So <laughs> definitely more of a night person. I get that's really funny. inspired and motivated. <laughs> that's that's cool. It's not just because like you're just awake, like you're you're just inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, all your ideas come at night. That's I like mm-hmm. that. All right, last but not least, what is one thing on your bucket list? Oh man. I would love to Oh man. I don't know. I feel like I I just want to travel. I would love to like by the time I'm like older, like when I'm a grandparent, just to have like a book of just like I went here, I went here, I went here, and like be able to not just like check the boxes of oh I went here be like able to talk about the place and and what the people were like what the food was like what the atmosphere was like I think just being able to have like not as many experiences as possible but as many like meaningful experiences if that makes sense and obviously too to play in the Olympics I'd love to do that but okay (laughs) I was thinking more drama (laughs) I love that um no I think that's really cool and I think about that all the time too like I'm big um and you guys know this I brought the Polaroid uh printer to to world championships brought everybody um you know little books to take home so we could print them all out as we were doing stuff but like I have like a million photo books so I can Mm -hmm. definitely resonate with that and just also being able to say like, okay, I didn't just take that picture in Japan, but I can also tell you all of these fun memories yeah. and moments and things about the place as well. Cause I really truly experienced it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think we might have to get somewhere soon across the world together. Um, I know. Yeah. I'm like craving it. We've got to go somewhere. Where should we go? I think our dream on listeners are going to have to like DM us and let us know where we should go. Oh yeah. That's a great idea. They should tell us where we should go. (laughs) Just flood our DMs with like places. We'll just pick out of a hat and we'll just have to do it. We'll have to. We'll have to because the dream on listeners told us that we had to do it. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Deal. We'll shake on it right here. Shake. Yep. A little zoom. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Um, that concludes the rest of our questions for you, Allie. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to come hang out, tell a little bit about your story. And um, obviously like so many different pieces of wisdom that you were able to share here today. And so many different things that people are inspired by with what you do and how you play and how you, you know, just kind of like walk around and be yourself every single day. Um, so thank you for being you. Thank you for being a great teammate and um can't wait to see what you do in 2024 and beyond thank you that was yeah. so fun I like always like listen and watch all the things that you do and you bring on such amazing athletes and you inspire so many so I'm happy to be a part of it thank you my friend all right everybody thank you so much for listening we'll see you on the next episode <laughs>